0: Welcome folks to tonight's uh, session. Um, Tonight we're dealing with part two, um, and I'm busy dealing with the kingdom, and I'm focusing particularly on us being ambassadors in Christ. And last week I went through a few points uh, with regards to the function of what an ambassador of Christ is, and how a natural ambassador represents how we should be living um, our lives here on earth. So tonight I want to continue with that. And tonight I want to just deal with a few more points. And I've got a lot of ground to cover, a serious amount of scripture. And I've deliberately put in a tremendous amount of scripture because I think it's something that we really need to get established in our hearts and in our spirits exactly who we are. I think one of the biggest problems that we've got is, is that most Christians don't even know who they are in Christ. And I think that as we get through this teaching properly on the kingdom... I think that we really are going to get established at the end of it of who you are and what God wants you to do. So tonight, um, the first point I want to start with is is that an ambassador was appointed by the king. He was not voted into a position. Ambassadors are somebody who is appointed by the king. The king says, listen, I want you to represent me. I want you to go and represent me in a foreign nation, in a foreign place. And I want you to know that is exactly what has happened to us. God has said, listen, I choose you and I want you to represent me on this earth. Let's look at some scripture with regards to this. John chapter 15 verse 16 it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. It's very interesting that Jesus is speaking to his disciples here and he says, listen, you did not choose me. Most people think that we have chosen Jesus Christ. What you don't know is that God has already written your name in the Lamb's book of life even before he started creating the earth. The Bible says before the foundation of the earth your name was already written. So God had chosen you even before you were born or thought of. And yet Jesus says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, He's going to give you. So it's very important that we see this concept that God has chosen us and He is sending us with a specific function in a nation or in a, in a land that is not ours. Now what do we mean by that? Well when God sends you into the world you are not of the world anymore. The minute you got born again you changed kingdoms. You are now part of the kingdom of God and there's a certain rules that apply to you and you need to understand these rules and you need to understand how God sees you and what God expects from you. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17, it says, But as God has distributed to each one as the Lord has called each. See, very many people think that only ministers and preachers are called. That's not true. God has called every single person on this earth, if they accept Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior, they move over kingdoms and immediately God's got a plan for your life. Immediately God has got an assignment for you to go and do on this earth. He wants you to go and do something specific. Now very often we don't know what that is and we need to discover what God has called us to do. Because God has got a clear-cut, specific assignment for every single person. And often what happens is this, is is that you'll find that your natural uh, talents and giftings will assist you in that assignment. So often we are born with the tools to fulfill the assignment that God has already had for us or had in mind for us. That is why in one family you could have three children and each one of them are so different. The reason for that is one simple thing. That is that God has got an assignment and they are equipped for that assignment. Not all of them have the same position and function in the body of Christ. So we need to understand that God has orchestrated this from the beginning. He has said, listen, I'm going to create a human race, but this human race, if they accept me, I will have an assignment set out for each and every one of them, so that they can fulfill what I have called them to do. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 20, we read the, the following, and it says, now they we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us to implore you on Christ's behalf. So here we see some very clear scripture that God is choosing you and He is sending you on a specific assignment. So I want you to understand that if you are going into the world with a specific assignment, you cannot act like the world acts. You cannot be like the world um, and expect God to bless that. God is expecting you to stick to his rules you see the nation that sends you has got specific uh, mandates specific criteria that you need to live up to and when you go as a Christian into this world God is expecting you to live according to his word he's expecting you to live according to his set of standards so that you can impact the world and not have the world impact you So it's very important that we understand this when it comes to these things. Now the next point which is critical, nobody ever becomes a citizen of the state or the kingdom to which he is assigned. No ambassador ever becomes a citizen of the place to where they have been assigned. So in other words, if you have been assigned into the world, you never become a citizen, you never become partakers of that nation, you never become part of that nation, and you don't accept the standards and the criteria of that nation. You have to remain separate from that nation. Now our problem is this, is is that we are so used to the world, we have grown up in the world, we have said, well this is just normal. So what we do is we add Christianity to our normal worldly way. And God saying that that is not how it is meant to be. That is why the Bible says that you need to put on the new man. You need to change your thinking. You need to change your action. You need to change the way that you are because you are actually not part of this world anymore. The minute you said, Jesus Christ coming to my heart, you have changed so radically that God sees you in a totally different light and a different way. And you need to understand this. Let's look at some of the scriptures. It says in Philippians chapter 3 verse 20, it says, For our citizenship is in heaven in other words we are not part of this world system anymore our citizenship is in heaven from which you will also eagerly wait for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ in other words we are now citizens in heaven so you must understand your home is not here Everything that is happening on this earth is not yours. You are only stewards of something that God has given you. Do you know that when an ambassador comes into a nation, the nation that sent them will give them some property and they'll purchase some property for them and they are only stewards and they are ambassadors and looking after the stuff that they have until they leave because it's not really their own the same thing happens with us when you get born again, do not think that your house, your car all of these things are yours they are only things that you are supposed to be stewards of, the Bible speaks so clearly of it, being a good steward of the things that God has given you so God will give you a a house, a car, these things in this earth so that you can operate in the earth but don't take that as your own because your citizenship is in heaven your house is waiting for you in heaven your rewards are waiting for you in heaven i'm going to show you in scripture your residency is in heaven it is not here. So we must understand that we are only in this time as ambassadors. We are yet to represent the kingdom and to bring the kingdom of heaven onto this earth. We are yet to apply the rules and the principles according to the word of God and apply it in a worldly situation and change the worldly environment. That is what we are meant to do. We are yet to bring a better thing for this planet and to change the way that things are going on this planet because we have got authority. Over it. We just need to use it. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Now therefore, you are no longer. Uh, strangers and f- uh, foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. In other words, we are not just drifting around and we don't know who we are, we don't know where we're fitting. We are part of a citizenship and the family of God. In Hebrews chapter 13 verse 14, it says for there, uh, sorry for yeah, we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come. In other words, you can sit down and say listen I'm going to hold on to my car as long as I can or your stuff and so many people are so worried about their stuff they're guarding it and they put up big fences and big alarms and big dogs looking after their stuff and then when they die they don't take any of their stuff with them and so for 70 odd years we fight for stuff and we guard it and then we leave and we leave all our stuff to somebody else you see, God has said, don't worry about the stuff here. This is only for a few years, but we are talking about eternity. You're going to reign with Christ for thousands of years. You are going to need stuff that is going to outlast these few years over here. So don't focus on that. Focus on being faithful. Focus on being a good ambassador for Christ in this world of saying, God, I'm going to change this world. I'm going to be a good steward of my things that you've given me. So so look at it this way. If somebody comes and breaks into your house and steals, you should sit down and start praying for them. Praying that God will have mercy. Why? Because they're actually stealing God's stuff. It is not yours. You are only a steward of God's stuff. Look at the parable. Remember the parable says that the owner went away, he gave talents to some guys, and he came back and he came and gave them rewards only when he came back. But when he was gone, they were just stewards of what was given them. So everything on this earth I want you to see as it's just being a stewardship of something that's going to be yours. When you get to heaven, you are going to have your mansion, you are going to have your rewards, because that only comes when the Master comes back. Jesus Christ hasn't come back to dish out rewards yet. So none of this stuff is actually your reward. Everybody thinks that fame or prestige or wealth is a reward. No, it's not. That stuff disappears. It's gone. When you go to heaven, you don't take any of that stuff with you. It's not yours. In Luke chapter 22 verse 29 and 30 it says, and just as my father has granted me a kingdom, I grant grant you that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. This is Jesus Christ speaking. And it says, and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. How's that? God says, Jesus Christ is letting us be part of His kingdom, and we are going to sit and judge the twelve tribes. What does that mean? We are actually going to judge Israel. We are actually going to sit down and judge them as with Christ, and that is how much authority and power we are still going to have. And yet we sit down and go, Oh well, I'm just going to look after my little house here. I'm not saying, now go and leave everything and let people just take stuff away. I'm saying, be a good steward of what it is here. But don't get fixed on this world system. Know that you are deemed for much greater things. John chapter 14 verse 2, it says, In my Father's house are many dwellings. If it were not so, I would have told you so. For I go to prepare a place for you. What is Jesus busy doing? He's busy preparing your mansion. He's preparing a place for you. Man, I'm telling you, you've got an awesome place waiting for you if the streets are made out of gold. Okay, so I want you to understand that we've got to get a change of mind. We've got to change our hearts, change the way that we are thinking with regards to our life on earth. 1 Peter one four obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you. In other words, your inheritance, you're not going to get it down on earth. Why are you going to get it on earth? Because it is going to perish and it will fade away. How many of you know your house, if you don't look after it, it will eventually fade away. Okay? Some people, you ride past and you can see that their house is pretty much fading away already. So I want you to see that God's plan for you is something massive. But he's asking that we sit down and not be part of this world. That we sit down and say, God, I'm going to be separate. I'm going to be an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to apply the word of God in the worldly situation. I'm not going to let the world dictate over me, but I'm going to dictate over it. I'm going to bring life. I'm going to bring light. I'm going to bring deliverance. I'm going to bring victory into this world. And I'm not going to be the same as the world running after stuff. Because the stuff that they are running after is going to fade away. My stuff is still coming. Revelation 21 verse 2. And I saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down out from heaven, made ready as the bride adorned for her husband. In other words, the city is getting ready just as the church is getting ready for Jesus Christ. It's going to be an awesome time. Revelation 21 27. And nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying, shall ever come into it, but those whose names were written in the Lamb's book of life. What does that mean? It means only those that Jesus Christ and God the Father have chosen. And remember the Bible says that your name was written in that Lamb book of life, even before the foundation of the earth. Remember the story of Moses, when God wanted to kill all of the Israelites, and then Moses fought with God. He says, listen, you can even take my name out of the Lamb's book of life, but save these people. Moses knew about the book. And Moses said, listen, I will go to hell as long as these people can live. Let me tell you something, that's love. Most of us will not go to hell for somebody else okay and so the Lamb's book of life is reserved for those that love the lord jesus christ that have accepted jesus christ and your name was written in that book even before the foundation of the earth to make sure that you are sealed that you are secure okay because god knows who was going to make a decision for him now listen to this revelation chapter 22 verse 3 i think this is an awesome scripture It says, there will no longer be any curse. How's that? There is no curse operating anymore. How many of you know that there's a lot of stuff happening on our planet right now that is under curse? lawlessness, all these things is part of the curse. The Bible says that there will be a time where there will be no curse. And the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it. And His bond servants, that's us, will serve Him. They will see His face and His name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer uh, be any night. For they will not need a lamp of light, nor the lamp of the sun, because the Lord God will illuminate them. And they will reign for ever and ever that is our plan we are part of a kingdom and we are only on an assignment on this earth for a short time and we have got to understand that that is how we are meant to look at it Ephesians 2 verse 19 it says and I read this already alright you are no longer strangers and aliens but you are fellow citizens with the saints and with the household of God now all that you say this Number one, I'm going to recap, you are not appointed or elected into a position except by God. God himself has got a plan and assignment for you and nobody else can fulfill what you are meant to do on this earth. Why? Because they do not have the gifts or the talents or the anointing or the ability to fulfill what God has called you to do. Number two, you cannot become a citizen of this planet. Do not fall into that trap. Do not be the same as the world. That's why the Bible says, do not, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, what does that mean? Okay, Romans 12 verse 2 it says, do not perform the same as the world, but be totally changed because you need to be operating according to God's principles. And you need to change the way that you think. And this is the problem that we need to do in our lives. That we cannot be a citizen of where we are if we are supposed to be changing it. Okay, You cannot be acting exactly the same as the world because the world is going to go, but you act the same as me, then they don't want what you have to offer. You need to sit down and say, I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I come with power. I come with authority. I come with deliverance. I am going to change the situation in Jesus' name. The world will look at that and go, that's different. I want that. Okay, number three. Is that... An ambassador is totally covered by the state. In other words, the state that he comes from is totally backing him. He is totally secure in the sense that if something goes wrong, that state is going to come sort some stuff out. How many of you need and love to know that all heaven is backing you? How many of you would like to know that there's a massive army ready at your command? If something goes wrong with you, man, all hell's going to break loose on your behalf. Come on, that sounds quite cool. Alright, the Bible has given us these promises, but we have not seen it in this light. And so what I've done, particularly in this one, is I've got a serious amount of scripture, because I want you to see this. (coughs) Excuse me, Matthew chapter 16 verse 18. But I tell you, and this is to Peter, You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He is telling Peter, listen, upon that revelation that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, I am going to build my church, and nothing in hell can stand against it. Alright, John chapter 19 verse 11. Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me unless it has been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greatest sin. What does that mean? It means that if God had not given Satan the authority to put Jesus on the cross, he would never have had it. God could have changed a situation like this if he wanted to. But he had to do it legally so that we could get born again. Okay, but I want you to know that God has got a greater authority than anything on this earth. Why? God made the earth. And we are on the same side as the God who made the earth. So He can make anything if something runs out. There's no lack. We just have to know how to tap into that. You know, like when they ask for stuff, you've got to put in a requisition. And that's a request. Please, I need this. We have to learn how to put in requisitions into heaven and say, listen, we're stuck on this earth, God. I need a requisition from heaven. I need a supernatural impartation here, a supernatural miracle to take place in a natural world because that is what Jesus Christ did when He was here. Jesus Christ kept on saying to them, I only do what I see my Father do. I'm not part of this world. I'm in it, but I'm not part of it. He says to His disciples, when He's praying for His disciples, He's praying to God, John chapter 17 and he says God I pray that you don't take them out of this world but just let them be strong so that the world doesn't affect them so that they can genuinely make a difference where they go in 2nd Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 3 it says but the Lord is faithful he will establish you and guard you against the evil one How's that for a promise? God is faithful. He is going to guard me. Have you ever seen an ambassador or an embassy? There is a huge amount of troops around that. And whose troops are they? From the nation that was sent. And who's our troops? We have got angels. We have got massive angels on our side. And we have got this tremendous army. The only reason why we are not seeing this and operating on this level is because we are still busy with the natural. And we don't realize that the spiritual is stronger than the natural. 1 John 5 verse 19. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. In other words, the world is under the power of the evil one, but we are of God. So in other words, you cannot connect with the world because then the devil has a right over your life. So break with the world and say, God, I'm part of heaven. I'm going to bring in heaven onto this earth. 1 Peter 2 verse 9, it says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellency of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. In other words, we are a royal nation. You are part of royalty. You are not just sitting down here and going, Well, woe is me, I've just got to survive these 70 years on this earth. You have got to realize that we are not part of this setup. We are part of a bigger setup, and if we can tap into that thing and get this thing into our spirits and into our hearts, we will never look at ourselves the same again. We will start seeing ourselves as men and women with an assignment. You've got a plan and a purpose, you've got a reason for existing. You are here for a reason, and only you can fulfill that thing, and God has a plan for you. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. It says, And the great dragon was thrown down, the ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. And he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. You see, we can just see this thing of our God is so powerful, he just throws Satan out of heaven, and he throws Satan and his angels and the whole bunch onto earth. And so that, why were they thrown onto earth? So that we can learn how to reign and rule. The reason why we have opposition is so that we can start practicing our authority. Practicing our uh, responsibility as ambassadors. With the authority of heaven backing us, when we speak, heaven moves. 2 Samuel 20, uh, 22, 3 to 4. It says, My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior. You save me from violence. I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. I am saved from my enemies. Matthew 28, 18-20. And Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. In other words, Jesus promises, He says, Listen, I am with you always. I am there. You just open your mouth if you need anything. It's like a, a red telephone You know, you you see in the movies, the president's got this hotline. My man, we have got a hotline. And guess what? We speak to our older brother and all heaven starts moving. We have got an army and a force ready to move on our behalf. But guess what? We never pick up the phone. All we do is we try and sort it out ourselves. What we do as Christians, we don't ever think of the spiritual. We think, ah, oh, we'll sort this out in the natural, and we fight it in the natural. The Bible says your battle is not against flesh and blood; it is against principalities and powers. It is a spiritual battle that you can't see. But yet, what do we do? The first thing we do is we're going to go a make a plan. We go, I'll work this out. I'll make a plan. And guess what? We don't do very well at it. Come on, look at the planet. We're not doing such a hard job. So we have got to realize that we are connected to a major force. In fact, the force that we are connected to is the very force that created everything. And Jesus makes a promise, I am with you always to the end of the age. And it wasn't until the end of your lifespan, everybody says, Yahweh, well, when the disciples died, God, Jesus forgot about the rest of the planet. Come on, it's not that. Until the end of the age, until Jesus Christ comes back, Jesus has made a promise, I am there always. I am ready to do whatever I can to help you. Why? Because you are my bride. I am going to marry you. Come on, take a couple that is in love. Do you for one second think that the bridegroom is not going to do anything for his bride? on, if his brides in trouble, do you think he's going to sit there and go, ach, cry for you. Ach, let's just see how much you can handle. Yeah, no, we're far away from each other. We'll just must see. Come on, that bridegroom will do everything he can to help. And especially when he's the commanding chief of a massive army. You touch my bride, I will sort you out with a few others. Come on. And that is how God wants us to see it. God wants us to see that we are men and women of authority and have a position to hold on this earth. Luke 12:32, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is God's pleasure to give you the kingdom, to give you all the authority, all the power. Everything that you need has been given to you. It's His pleasure because He created you from the start with that in mind. And guess what? Most of us have fallen so short of this idea. Most of us are just quite happy to just survive in the world system. Not even realizing that you are kings and priests and royalty and that you carry an authority, and you carry power, and you have backing. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but I want you to see that this is saturated in the word. Keep your life free from love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said... I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now why does it say, keep away from the love of money? It doesn't say keep away from money. Keep away from the love of money. Why? Because if you have a love of money, you're going to be drawn into the world system. You're going to be running after the world system and not trusting on your God who is actually supplying your need. Instead of saying, listen, as the ambassador, you're trying to wangle deals and start sideline businesses instead of phoning the nation who sent you and said, listen, we need some cash here. And money comes from where it was sent. And you need to understand that your source is not the world. Your source is God alone. And you need to say, God, you have put me on this earth with an assignment. You have said that even before I was created in my mother's womb, you had a plan and a purpose for me. You have given me an assignment. You have given me giftings. You have given me anointings. You have given me a purpose. I need to discover it and and do what you told me. But you have said that you have sent me. Therefore, you have to take care of me. Come on, we have never been taught this before. We got taught, work hard, get a job and survive the world. That's not scripture, folks. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteousness and my righteous right hand. Isaiah uh, 54 verse 17 No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. For you shall... Refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the vindication from me declares the Lord. In other words, every tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn. You say, I bind that in the name of Jesus. The minute you do that, you are loosing heaven on your behalf. Remember I said, the minute you speak scripture, angels start moving to fight for you. Stuff starts moving in the spiritual realm as long as you deal with the spiritual principles. Psalm 46 verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. A very pleasant help in trouble. It's really nice when you're in trouble and God britches up. It's quite a pleasant thing to have. I'd also like that, you know, I'm really going through a rough time and God personally rocks up. I'm going, okay, well now I feel a bit better. This is all right. Can you imagine how Israel felt when the pillar of fire came next to them? Must have been awesome, eh? First thing I would have done was go and fetch marshmallows. Can you imagine prying marshmallows on that pillar of fire, and the Egyptians on the other side? Anyway, never mind. That's my sentiment. All right, Psalm 91, verse one. He dwells in the shelter of the Most High, will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I shall trust. For He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. How many times do we hear this type of stuff being said today? God, I trust You in the midst of this chaos going on in our country, in the rioting, in the theft, in everything else. I trust You. You are my God. You will protect me in the midst of all of this. No, we don't hear that. What we hear is, go and get yourself a better alarm system. Come on. We are not hearing people saying, God I trust you. You are my God, I put my trust in you and no pestilence is going to come near me. You will deliver me from everything. Psalm 121, 7-8 The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. God will protect you if you allow Him to. See, that's what they do with an ambassador. Let me tell you something. If somebody messes with an embassy, let me tell you something. That country doesn't take that very lightly. Okay? If you've got an embassy in another country, and they start messing with that embassy, they will send in major troops and reinforcements to go and sort that out. You've got to see yourself as the ambassador of Christ on this earth. Psalm 121. Uh, sorry, I did that one. Second Timothy chapter four verse eighteen. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To Him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. What does that mean? God is going to deliver you of everything that is coming against you. Everything that is evil. Everything that is not of God that comes against you on this earth. God says He will deliver you from this and bring you into His heavenly kingdom. In other words, and you're going to rock up sitting judging with Him. Come on, this is fun guys. This is fun. I need you to understand that God is raising up an army. He's raising up a new breed to sit down and say, Listen, I know who I am in Christ. I know who I am in the Lord. I'm not going to settle for this. I'm not going to compromise with the world. Now, the next few verses, I want to deal with our protection. Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that those... And we know that those who love the God, those who sorry, let's try this again. And we know that for those who love God all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Now listen, it's not everybody. Not everybody do things work out right. It's only those that are called according to his purpose. Now let me ask you this have you at least got this much right that you are called for a purpose? I've just read a whole lot of scripture, if you've not figured it out. You are called with a purpose. If you are called with a purpose, God says that it will work out fine in Jesus' name. No matter what has come against you, no matter how bad it looks, that circumstances have come, and at times when you feel like, God, this can't get any worse, God says it is going to turn out fine because you are called with a purpose and you love the Lord. And God is not going to drop you. Ephesians 1:11 In him We have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. What does it mean? It means that God looked at you even before you were born, and He has predestined you. He says, listen, I know that sometime in the future, Arthur Frost is going to make a decision for me. And because I know He's going to make a decision, I'm going to write His name down so long. So He's already predestined. In other words, no matter what the devil comes up with, any dumb plan, it's not going to work. Because I know that he's going to make a decision for me. And not only is he going to make a decision for me, I'm going to give him an inheritance. So even before you were planned by your parents, God has already organised an inheritance for you. He says, I've predestined you. I've got an inheritance ready for you. And I've got a plan and a calling ready for you because you have a purpose. And you are going to go through stuff on this earth. And yes, there's going to be trouble. And there's going to be opposition. The reason for that is because you've got to learn how to apply heaven in that situation. You've got to learn how to reign and rule. That's the only reason why we are on this earth. Is to learn how to reign and rule. And apply biblical principles over the natural. To overrule the world system. Because God is going to put us in a place of reigning and ruling for years to come. And we have got to learn how to do it. Daniel 12 verse 1. It says, At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble. Okay, now this is talking about a prophetic thing coming. Such as never been seen before. And there's never been, and there was a nation until that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. What's that saying? God saying, listen, there is a time coming that there's never on this earth been so much trouble as what is coming, but every single Christian will be delivered from it. Not one Christian who serves God. What happens in a time of war? Come on, you must have seen movies. What do they do with the embassies when war breaks out in a nation? They shut it down. They withdraw the embassy. They pull the guys out. They said, there's no ways that you can hang around when there's absolute chaos going on. God's made a promise. He says, when the time comes and the trouble gets too much, I will pull my people out. They will not be part of the absolute chaos that's coming. Man, I'm telling you what, that's cool, eh? That's why the Bible says, keep your eyes up and look for me. Look for my return. Look for where I'm going to bail you out of this thing. Let me tell you something. Before God bails us out, we better make sure we're doing our job on earth. We must be seen as men and women. I want to get to heaven. It's in God says, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. You have done what I've asked you to do. You have done exactly everything that you've been asked to do. You have finished your race. See, most of us don't even know what our race is. So we have got to ask God, God, what is this assignment that you called me for? Our pursuit should be finding out what that assignment is and go and do what God has called you to do. 1 John chapter 5, verse 18. For we know that anyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who has been born of God Sorry, he who was born of God protects him. And the evil one does not touch him. What does that mean? It means God protects you if you are born of him. If you are born of God, God protects you. There's a scripture in 1 John 5 that you can hold on to and say, God, I call on your protection. I don't need all of these worldly things to protect me. And I don't mean to do something stupid like, you know, leave your cell phone in the car and don't lock your car or leave your keys there running. You won't come back to find your car missing. Donate it to RDP. Okay? Let me tell you something, we have got to be wise, but we don't have to live in fear. We do not have to live in fear, guys. God is our protector. God is greater than anybody else. And He has sent us here, and He will protect us, if we put our trust in Him. If we pick up our phone, say, God, what do I mean by pick up our phone? We have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ every day. So, God, I thank you that I trust you. You are my refuge. You are my strength. I don't trust in the natural. Cursed is a man who trusts in the arm of the flesh. In other words, trust in the natural way of doing it. I need to rely on the supernatural way of doing things. Psalm 138 verse 7. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me from it. See, this is awesome stuff. This is all the protection that God has promised the ambassadors who are in the world, who are doing the assignment that God has sent them to do. He says, I promise you, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to look after you, and it's not your responsibility. Now you want to go one step further. I want to close with this next point. It is a responsibility of the state that you sent from to financially take care of you. It is a responsibility of the nation that sent you to take care of you. And I'm going to read some scriptures here and I want us to get this out of our heads. How many of you have actually thought that your salary was there to provide your income? Well, most of us. Our living and stuff, we rely on our salary. How do I know if I rely on my salary? Oh Lord, it's two weeks until payday. Some of us, it's three weeks until payday. You know, that salary doesn't go very far. But you know what? Your salary was never intended to be your provision. Never. Your salary was only there as a reward for your assignment that God has been sending you to do. That's only there. You should be able to get to the place where you could give your entire salary away because you are not reliant on that salary. You can connect into a supernatural thing. It's the same as if you come into a nation. The nation that sends you has got to provide for you. Look at what the Bible says. Luke chapter 12, verse 24. It says, consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. And they have neither, um, do they have a storehouse nor a barn. Yet God feeds them. How how much more value are you than the birds? If God looks after the birds, He can look after you. The only problem is we don't think He can. Genesis 3.21 The Lord God made Adam and his wife garments of skin and He clothed them. Exodus 14.22 And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground and the waters being walled up on the right and the left side of them. Job 38.41 Who provides for the raven its prey and its young ones cry to God for help and wander about for lack of food. In other words, God is providing for the animals. Young lions suffer and want to hunger. But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. In other words, if you seek God, God can take care of you. If you go into the Old Testament, they used to get this a lot more right than what we do in the New Testament, than what we do nowadays. They used to seek God, and God would provide for them. Remember when God even sent out His disciples, He says, I don't want you to take money, I don't want you to take anything with, I just want you to take, what was it, a stick and uh, some clothes. Okay? And off you go. And God says, I'll provide for you. And he made a way all the way. I mean, God even said, listen, I want you to go and fetch the donkey that I'm going to ride in on. Okay, I want you to understand. God can make a way for you if we start trusting him. If we learn how to trust him and say, God, I call that provision in. I do not rely on my arm or the uh, this." my own strength, I rely on a supernatural thing. Now let me show you how a supernatural thing works. I can be doing business. I'm a businessman. I can trust God for supernatural deals, supernatural favor, stuff that comes to me that nobody else has got. Everybody else is in a recession and I can be blessed. Why? Because my trust is not in the business. It's not on my ability, it's not on my skill. It is on God. I trust God for my provision. Genesis chapter 9 verse 3 it says every moving thing that lives shall be food for you as I give you the green plants I'll give you everything God is going to give us everything that we need or at Matthew six thirty one to thirty two. Therefore, don't be anxious, saying, "What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear?" For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you have need of them. So, in other words, if you start worrying about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear, and, and you know, where am I going to get food? God says, "Don't worry about that stuff." God says that the Gentiles do that. The world does that. That's a world system. You are not in the world. You are in a heavenly kingdom and you need to start trusting God for supernatural provision. I want to tell you right now, 99% of the church is not there. 99% of the church don't know how to trust God. Most of us are busy panicking about what's next. We go to sleep worrying. And sometimes somebody says, you know, it's like when you're worried about paying balls. then they said to me that the balls speak to you, especially at night. You know, they start on your mind, you can't sleep, you've got this worry, this pole or something's on your head, you know, you're not going to make it. I'm telling you right now, We need to start trusting God and saying, God, you have put me on this earth. You are going to provide for me. You are going to help me. You are supernaturally going to wake a way for me to get the finance that I need or whatever I need. I want you to know that we are not of this world, but we are in this world. And I want to challenge us tonight. Don't settle for second best. Don't settle for the world system let's quickly recap one you are not voted into the position that you're in you are appointed by god himself who chose you from the foundation of the earth number two you do not ever become a citizen of the kingdom or the state that you are assigned to in other words this world you are not part of this world get used to it you are part of a heavenly kingdom number three you are totally covered by the state. In other words, they are backing you. They are there behind you. Heaven is behind you. The army of heaven is behind you. Your protection, everything is there. Number four, it is a responsibility of the state to meet your needs. It is not your responsibility. A good example is when you go in the army. When I went to the army... They gave me a uniform. I didn't say it was a pretty one. They gave me a uniform. They gave me a bed. They gave me a blanket. They even gave me a plate to eat from. In basics, it was a steel one. But afterwards, you get a proper plate. But let me tell you something. And people said that how terrible it was, army food. Let me tell you something. Most army guys, if they are truthful and honest, we ate better than what most people did because the army looked after the people. You can't, have a, you can't have a military oak going hungry, they made sure you ate properly and I want you to know I didn't pay for anything. They provided the food, they gave us everything, only time when it got a bit tough was when you were on ops, in other words when you were on operations in the bush somewhere, but the state provided everything, alright, and even the guys in ops. I know of a few guys, they bring a helicopter and it will be T bone stakes, this thick. You know, they bring them the best because they've done a good job and they just want to look after them. I want you to know the state looks after their people if you're assigned by the state. I want you to know God will look after us if we learn how to trust Him. And as we go through this course, we are going to start teaching you step by step. How do I start tapping into that requisition that I need? How do I put that requisition before God? And say, God, I am an ambassador of Christ on this earth. I need something. I need supernatural power. I need supernatural ability. I need supernatural provision. I need protection. Whatever it is you need, you can get. You are entitled to get it. Most Christians just don't know that they can have it in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Lord I thank you for today Lord I thank you that we are changing our mindsets and Lord that we are not going to be the same that we were in the past few years but Lord that we are truly going to start trusting you and believing you for supernatural miracles, supernatural uh, success, supernatural favor and divine intervention in this natural world. Lord I thank you that we will truly see ourselves as ambassadors of Christ carrying the authority of heaven, and having heaven backing us, having the provision of heaven behind us, in Jesus' mighty name, and I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I close tonight, I have a request, and God has been dealing with me with regards to this, and I just want to just um, ask that we just take a few minutes just to go through this very quickly. And the request is twofold. Okay, I've got two things that I'm asking for. Let's quickly turn to Romans chapter 10, verse 14. And it says this, It says, How then shall they call on Him whom whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? In other words, it's very simple. How do people get to know the good news and start believing God or being set free unless somebody goes and tells them? Unless somebody goes and helps them and gets them to a place of deliverance. Okay? Now I just want to tell you something that's happened in my life. God has given me a supernatural gifting to teach. Alright, I know that I have a revelational gift when I teach. I know that it's not normal. It's one of the giftings that God has given me for my assignment. Now God has been speaking to me very clearly and specifically about helping leaders in Africa. I'm getting a tremendous amount of people that I'm getting and requesting for me to come into Africa to come and help teach. And some of the places are big churches. Some of them have got like 10,000 members and right through Africa but I cannot physically get all over the place. And so what I've had to do is say God strategically how am I going to help train people across Africa. And so what God has been speaking to me very strongly about is this. Is I want to start aiming towards getting a television program where I can train pastors across the continent. There are so many pastors who have strong gifting but they don't have a solid word foundation. They don't have something that they can hold on to that they can actually teach the right stuff. Many of them are teaching something that is very false and very watered down or very flaky and yet they have a strong gifting. They are anointed but they've just not had the training. And so there's a lot of issues with visas and all of these things to get people into Bible school and we're trying all sorts of things. I mean, right now my material, I get downloaded about 8,000 downloads a month on my teachings and stuff. But I really believe that God wants me to start training leaders and training pastors. And if we go on the, like one of the DSTV platforms and there's a channel that broadcasts right from Port Elizabeth and if I could get a show on that thing, then I can actually say to the leaders, tune in to this thing, download, Or record it, and then you guys have got material that we can train into Africa. Okay, so it's not just a talk show, it's an actual teaching training thing that we want to get to. So, this is my point. Okay, I need help. My first request is this. I, and this is now, this probably the first time really that I'm doing this. I'm asking for partners. I'm asking for guys to help me to try and train guys in Africa. Okay? So it's very simple. And for those listening to the recording all over the country, I want to just ask you this. I want you to consider coming to partner with me. All you have to do is WhatsApp me and here's my telephone number. It's 082659. Triple two four. O eight two six five nine two four, And what I'll do is I'll then let you know how you can partner with me. I'll give you an account. Even if it's 40 rand a month, just so that we can start building up to cover some of these projects that I want to do, where we can go and help people. You see, I have a very strong assignment and I have a gifting to help them. I don't always have the means to be able to do it. So I'm asking that firstly that guys can come and help partner with me so that we could get this job done. Because I believe that we could reach literally hundreds of thousands of people with the word of God if they could just get equipped. If they could just get some of that material in their hands and they could go and minister to it. Because right now, there are guys starting Bible schools of my material in Zimbabwe, there's guys in Nigeria, there's guys using it in Uganda, there's guys using it in, they've taken it right into Europe, all over the place. So there's guys, there's pockets all over the place, but more and more there's this demand coming and saying, please train us, please equip us. So so I really think that this is a tool that we can use. So the first thing is this is I'm requesting that people would please consider just partnering with me. Like I said, even if it's 40 Rand a month so we can build a pool so that I can then get a proper TV show doing, uh, going properly with top professional things being done. Then the second thing is this, is that these WhatsApp messages have been going, and I mean some of them have been downloaded um, up to 900 times a week. Okay, people then passing it on, passing it on, passing it on. And here's the second request, is, is that when you get a WhatsApp message from us, please, or from somebody else, please just start spreading the word. Send it to everybody on your contact list or people, because this is one way that we are getting the word into people's lives. We are actually helping people being set free, we're getting them when the reports have been phenomenal. People that have been healed, set free, delivered. All over the place because of the messages that are going out here every week so please I ask that if you would like to receive a whatsapp directly from me you can also just whatsapp me on that same number 082 and so please just contact us if you'd like and just say on the whatsapp listen I'd like to be added to the, to the sermon list or if you'd like to help us and become a partner with us so that we can really go and take the gospel into Africa Please just contact us so that we can then just um, assist you and show you exactly what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Let's just pray. Lord, I thank you for the assignment over every single person's life in this place in Jesus name and everybody listening to my voice Father I thank you for the assignment that you have placed in their lives but Lord right now I thank you that we are not going to settle for second best but Lord that we are going to fulfill everything that you have called us to do in Jesus mighty name Father I pray your blessing I pray your anointing I pray your deliverance over every single person Lord that we will genuinely change our mindset and know that you have got us in the palm of your hand and that you've got a plan and a purpose for us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.